1: Hello everyone, welcome to SEC Football and Beyond. I am Chris Landry along with Neil McCready as we bring you SEC Football and Beyond as we are now June 22nd. Neil, it's going to be July 4th before we know it. We had Father's Day this past weekend, big weekend of sports, College World Series going on, some baseball coaching search talk lot of talk, believe it or not, going on around college football surrounding the off the field, the future of college football. My friend, hope you, first of all, um, hope you did you have a nice Father's Day?
2: Did yeah, have a great Father's Day. Hung out with uh, my wife and two of our three kids. Campbell is in Fayetteville, but I talked to her a couple of times that day. And... she going to summer school? Uh she she, just, she she's not out. doing summer school but she's got a job and then she's she's on the uh Chi Omega recruitment team so they are getting ready for rush 5 days a week. And so she's up there and uh, a bunch of her friends came up for the weekend so they had a big uh, they had a big weekend in uh, in Fayetteville and uh, I spent Sunday anticipating that uh Mike Bianco the old Miss Baseball coach was going to take his name out of consideration after the the leak about his interview, and uh, I thought it would happen during the day on Sunday. So it's was just my gut. It didn't. It ended up happening that night, which was odd from a timing standpoint. It was a really bad look on on Ole Miss's part because you put that news out minutes after Mississippi State wins a college world series game in Omaha. But regardless, I anticipated that happening. It did. Um, that's a that's a strange deal. It's a it's it's a, it's a I'm I, mean, I have a I'm one of these people, Chris, and you know this. I don't have any hesitance hesitance saying this. It's a bad look for a lot of people involved. It really is. It's a bad look for a lot of people involved. It's one of those things where the truth won't ever necessarily get completely out, but one can't help but think that that was a leak, intentional, by um, some people at LSU to force Bianco out of that conversation, which tells you they were never hiring him in the first place, which. If your Mike has to be very frustrating, and if your Mike's agent, it has to be alarming that you didn't have a gauge on that because I don't know where you stand on this. But I said this earlier last week. You can't, as an SEC head coach, in anything. You can't interview for another SEC head coaching job. It become public knowledge that you interviewed physically. I'm not talking about a phone call. I'm not talking about agents talking to other agents, agents talking to ADs. I'm talking about you as the coach physically interviewing with another school and then come back to your school. I don't think you can do it. I think too much damage is done. And that's what I think happened here. And it's it's one of those things that's kind of, frankly, it's sort of baffling.
1: Is he going to get a – a contract status update on Bianco because I don't know. So just, ex- what, what does he have? Is he going to get a new one? Lance, yeah, no, no,
2: no. So, so in Mississippi, the the the, the length uh, there's a, a law that limits length of right uh, to four years for public. But
1: how many? How much does he have left?
2: He on his he got three years. They just rolled it back out to four. Rolled it back to three. Yeah. So he
1: got another three years. He's what fifty nine? You told me so. Nope. Mike's,
2: Mike's fifty four. So fifty four. Okay. The point is, is the buyout doesn't really change. So it doesn't yeah. really matter. That's semantics. And fans get into that. Well, they shouldn't have extended him. It doesn't matter. Whatever. I mean, yeah, it's one more year of the base, but the base is whatever it is. It that's that's not the point. And, yeah. and when people do that, that's getting lost. They didn't. Look, I said this all along. When when you When you have the conversation at the end of the year and – at no point in that conversation are you getting a raise. Or are people saying, "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna make this obvious that you're our guy"? And when you say, "Hey, what well, LSU's gonna call, and I need to take that call," and you say, "Okay, well take that call," you should definitely take that call. That's kind of a sign that, hey, we're not really getting anywhere here. And for it to end the way that it ended, it, it I don't know if it's Omaha or bust for for Mike Bianco and Ole Miss next year, but it's something damn close to that.
1: Well, from an LSU standpoint, it's an interesting situation because I told you that that Scott himself told me that he's having Skip work on it. What uh, meaning, Bianca? I, I don't have any doubt that how it played out is that Skip Bertman was pushing hard for Bianca and was, you know, kind of encouraged to quote unquote convince them to come and they, quote unquote. And i don't know how much he needed to do that but sell him on it yada 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 um but i don't i'm starting to get the feeling now that that this is not what scott wanted to do or yes maybe you know it was just one of those deals and maybe he was playing coy to me and others that you know hey look skip's working on it and scott has his eyes somewhere else now uh, and, and we'll get to this Sammy and grind. Good morning. And, and we'll get to, because I'm, we're going to talk about it. And by the way, we got a lot of football conversations coming up, mm-hmm. but we're on it. And when, and we're going to get into Woodard and the baseball search, and you, you got the, the Ole Miss viewpoint from an LSU viewpoint, it'll be interesting to see what Scott has in mind. Now, my understanding is, and I haven't bothered to verify it, you know, but my understanding is that Scott Woodard is in Omaha. Um, You know, which makes sense if you're going to hire a baseball coach and there's people there that you're interested in. Now, what does that mean? Well, the latest news, um, Brian O'Connor, who is best friends, my understanding, with Paul Maneri. And and again, for people who are new to this podcast, I'm a football guy. I've been involved in a lot of football coaching searches. I don't live in the baseball world. For this and other conversations, I've asked around. So I'm just, you know, I'm kind of. But he and Brian are very good friends. And. I'm assuming that Paul was asked to kind of feel out Brian, and 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 Brian O'Connor says he's not interested in leaving Virginia, so that is apparently off the table. So what does that mean? Does it mean that the Arizona guy who's now been eliminated? Does it mean Tony Votello uh, is is Tennessee going to be in a position to pay the money that Scott Wooder will? Gladly pay the money to get him away. My question is, and I'm not a baseball guy. Is is Tony Botello? And I know I probably butcher his name. Tony Vols, as he's been called now. Uh, Tony, is it
2: Botello? Botello. To Tony, Botello, Botello.
1: I, I I get because they call him Tony Valls so much. I just kind of forget the name. Real name. Is is this a? a guy that's ready to build something special somewhere, because he's new, he's made the World Series, but, you know, he doesn't have a 15-year track record of, you know, doing it. well, he hasn't coached that long, so he can't have that. So what is he in terms of, he They see, he's definitely the hot shot young guy that's maybe going places, or maybe, you know, the expectations at a bigger place, eh, maybe flames up. I, I can tell you this, that, College baseball is a different landscape. There are a lot of people that have good facilities. Nobody makes a ton of money, but you don't have to be at an LSU to to have a really good life in a really good college baseball job. And I think that's the difference. Whereas you know, back years ago, eh, you know, it's just it's kind of like college basketball. I mean, remember it was Tennessee. It was you know maybe Louisiana Tech for a while, and then. You know, Connecticut became, and then, well, you can go to Maryland. You can go a lot of places, and, you know, Notre Dame, and I mean, a lot of places where the basketball, women's basketball job does well and you can have a good life. So we talk about, so where is he going? It's pretty obvious now that he may think he can have the East Carolina guy as a fallback or somebody else as a fallback, but it's obvious he's going after somebody in the College World Series, um, in maybe doing his due diligence. So, um, you, you know, you would you would think it would more likely be um, Batello. I, I don't I don't know who else would now. There's some there's some talk about the NC State guy, who I don't know much about. So, listen, I, it'll be interesting to see because if he doesn't pull that off, then and, and there's no rush, but. There is now an expectation, and there's this hand wringing angst: "Where LSU baseball? When is Tim Gorbin, Corbin going to leave Vanderbilt to come?" Type attitude that's just not going to. That's not realistic. And I, I, I think that um, there are a lot of people that are kind of relieved that Bianco's not coming because they didn't think he was had won enough, even though he was one of theirs. I don't know if that's fair, unfair. But the bottom line is, uh, I don't. I don't think that now, as I think about it, that because I, I know what somebody tells me, but I, I can also look at the actions and figure it out. That I don't think that uh, Scott Woodard was all in on Mike Bianco, and he's making this final call. But I also think that he's having to kind of look at things, and I do think he's leaning to some degree on Paul and Skip. For their baseball acumen of who's really good, but they what he doesn't want is let's get your guy, your buddy guy, because Scott wants the control. And Skip is a very Skip is an egomaniac, and you know, and and that that probably hurt Bianco. And I think in some ways Scott's pretty smart. I and I think this may ruffle some feathers inside LSU. So when I get to this, is is that meaning Skip and, and Scott's relationship because I think the leading on of Bianco and maybe in Skip's eyes a real legitimate interest by Scott into Bianco obviously looks like not only does it look bad, it makes Skip look bad too because if Skip is recruiting him, trying to convince him, and yeah. you know, I think you got a job when you really didn't, It makes him look bad, and it's almost like a, well, we'll cut you down to size, you know, Skip, because you think you own LSU baseball, and I'm making this decision. And you, through your people, have gotten everybody to talk about Ben McDonald, Todd Walker. Bianco would be great. You know, he he basically, Skip has used all of his media connections, which there are plenty to say, Bianco's the guy, and and maybe even me saying, yeah, I'm, I'm having Skip work on it. Obviously, that is the real biggest. Fra- and it, by the way, real quick, I don't get. It is very similar to what Michigan did with Les Miles. It's very people, people don't know this, but Les Miles, the 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 um, uh, the the athletic director Mary, and the the president Mary Sue Coleman, Bill Martin, and the athletic director um, Mary Sue Coleman did not want Les Miles. But there's a lot of uh, X player boosters that wanted Les miles, and so they really kind of floated the whole "we're going after less miles" publicly when they had Brady Hoke already lined up. I know because I was doing some work for him, and Brady was already putting his staff together. And yet they met with Les and all that because they gave the impression that, well, Les, we talked to Less, but you know he decided to stay at LSU. In this case, Scott doesn't really give a flip if somebody thinks that. Bianco turned him down or not? He really doesn't. He know, not get it this kind of sends a signal. Well, Bianco left, so you get to have the LSU fans who say, "Well, we never offered him," and all. Well, they played. They played a ruse. They
2: played a ruse. Yeah, you're, you're, it, it, it's it's not even that complicated. It, it, look, Skip Bertman wanted Mike Bianco. There were people at LSU that wanted Mike Bianco. Scott Woodward very clearly did not want Mike Bianco. So Scott Woodward did what. He it was kind of cold blooded, really. It, it's I don't think it. I think it reflects on his ability as almost a gangster sort of as a as a as a ad. It tells you how effective he can be as an ad. I'm not sure what it says about him as a as a person. If I'm being completely honest, what he did was he put Bianco in a situation where he had to take his name out, and now he can say, "Hey, look, you know, I, I mean, I, I told you I was going to do this process. I told you I wasn't in a hurry." He took his name out. What do you want me to do now? And I think it also very subtly tells Skip Bertman and some of those people over there, maybe not all that subtly. As subtly as a hammer, you're not the boss. I'm the boss. I make the decisions. I'm going to hire a big name. And so he, whether he's in Omaha physically or not, he's got his eyes on Omaha right now. Can he get Tony Vitello? I don't know. Everything we hear um, is that Tennessee is prepared to offer Tony Vitello as much as $1.8 million a year. That's his job. It's it's. Vitello's in an interesting spot at Tennessee. He can take Tennessee's money, and he can gauge Tennessee for the next two or three years and see what Tennessee elects to do. Does Tennessee show prove that they're completely invested in baseball? Do they build facilities? Do they do all those things? If they do, that can be his program probably for as long as he wants it to be. Or he's a former Arkansas assistant who's still very highly thought of there. When Dave Van Horn steps down, presumably in the next two to three years, Tony Vitello could probably have that job if he's at Tennessee. Uh, Is the Arkansas job better than LSU? Today, I think it is. Um, You know, other people probably will disagree about that. LSU at one point had a large advantage because of the Tops scholarships and that kind of thing, but Louisiana's kind of broke. That scholarship's no longer as – Lucrative as it once was, at least that's my understanding. As a Louisiana native with a lot of friends in, in North Louisiana, Arkansas has that bordering state policy that uh, in academics that really aids them in in baseball. As a as a side benefit, uh, you know, can he go get t- uh, Tim Corbin from Vanderbilt? I don't know. I doubt it. Honestly, uh, the guy at at, at uh, Avent at NC State's been there twenty something years. It's hard to believe that he's just going to pick up and leave at this point in his career. But maybe the money. The money's a different deal. Uh, everything I hear Brian O'Connor at Virginia's not leaving. Um, yeah, I've heard Jay Johnson's name at Arizona and he's done a great job at arizona and and um, and they're I think they're eliminated now from the College World Series. They were the first team out, but they made it, and he makes four hundred something thousand dollars a year. So I'm sure if LSU threw one point five million at him, he would jump. but he's a guy that has no ties in this part of the country. so I, I don't know. We'll see. But on the Bianco thing, to me, it's an Occam's Racer sort of a deal. Mike clearly thought he was going to get that job. Otherwise, you don't go interview. Mike knew better than that. You don't go interview for that job without thinking you have it, without believing you have it. I think Mike had probably been told, hey, this is, you're going to get it. It's all going to be good. You're going to, it's going to roll. And then you come out of that interview and you don't have that job. And now you is egg on your face. At the very least, Mike's got a, fix things at the very least back in oxford mm-hmm. and that's not what he meant to do so that got played i mean at bottom line he and his agent got played that's bottom line and give woodward credit he didn't want to hire him but he didn't want to make it where he looked at skip and said i'm not hiring your guy and so instead he played it out long enough and leaked it out to the media that because chris i've been doing this a long time you have too when specifics leak out about a meeting it was leaked yeah. And, and so they met in Birmingham on Thursday, and when that got out on Saturday morning, the writing was on the wall.
1: I I I think well, I think in the interesting storyline to me is Scott Woodward Skip Berman relationship. Because I think I think the whole, okay, I'll show you. I don't think Scott meant any harm to Mike Bianco. There's nothing there. But this was all a I'm going to show you Skip Berkman. You're going to think you're going to pressure me into hiring Mike Bianco by going to the media and doing all this. I'll show you. I'll get you know. I'll show you, and I I think that's fascinating because that's there's no doubt what that's but I was kind of a a a party of it in a in a very innocuous way, but I, I see clearly. Where all those leaks were put in with the idea that he was never going to hire him. And this whole thing about, you know, <laughs> I, I just think it's fascinating. That That is a, but Skip is the type of guy that thinks that he can, he has the power. And a lot of people think, well, Skip's got the power to do this. That he Scott is, is very political. And he is not from an athletic background. He's been... In athletics, a while, but he comes from a political background, so he's kind of ruthless. <laughs> you know, so
2: anyway. There's no, there's no doubt about it. Now, <laughs> I mean, look, he, what, and what he did, what he did late last week was, in my opinion, pretty damn ruthless.
1: He embarrassed Skip Burtman. I know that. Yeah. I know, I know that because what it does, what it tells Bianco, tells everybody else that, uh,
2: it's over. You you're skip, no longer. You're, it's, you're, it's, well,
1: it's, well, and well, when, 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 when it says, yeah, it says, Skip, you're not, you know, you're not. You're not as powerful as you think you are.
2: No, it tells Skip Burtman you're an old man, and we're not listening to you anymore. That's exactly what yeah. it's.
1: And, and I don't think Scott went out to do that. I think it was his, this is his response to Skip getting all of his minions to go to the media and say Bianco is is the only guy. He's the guy. He's the best. To put that on, basically, you're a bleeping idiot, Scott Wardard, If you don't hire Mike Bianco, oh yeah. Well, I'll, this is how, that's how this played out, which is kind of fascinating, and I I bring that up. So who knows uh, what will happen? And I, before, don't, I don't really care who the baseball coach yeah. is. I'm just kind of interested in uh, the, um, you know, uh, I, I'm not as hiring Skip Burtman as a lot of people.
2: Are ben Leslie be. asked, could, could he, talking about Woodward, be going after the MSU coach referring to Chris <laughs> Limonis? He could, but he's not going to get Chris I,
1: I don't know, uh, I, but I will say this on Scott. There's pressure for him to get somebody with a name because right now everybody's thinking, "Oh, he's got it. He's got a deal done with this guy. Oh, he's got a deal. They, 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 he's got a deal done with eight guys, right? You know, and they're all everybody's got their you know theories. If he comes out of it with the East Carolina guy, who's a really good coach and maybe the best hire for all we know." Uh, it, they're going to say, what? You could have had him two weeks ago, and you struck out on all those guys in Omaha, Uh, you know, figuratively speaking. I think that's now it kind of gets interesting because there is a lot of pressure uh, on Scott to get a name and sell it because now you're going to have a little bit of the negativity of, you know, he's in a position where the LSU, ex-LSU baseball guys may be now, a little bit critical of the new hire, but more than likely they won't because it's their school and they'll get sure. hammered for not, you know, supporting their school. So I who, is, who they're going to hire is going to be fun because if it's not the big-name guy, then it'll be perceived as a failure by Scott Woodard. Um, and I don't think anybody's – I don't know that many people are, were all that excited about uncle. but they haven't hired the coach yet. What if it's somebody that they're not – excited with so striking swinging big and reaching the fences in Omaha takes on a little bit new meaning for for Scott Water. Um by the way real quick before we move on from baseball Vandy Tennessee loser bracket what a pitching performance last night by the freshman from NC State yeah. wow it's refreshing to see a one nothing college baseball game and what a performance by Jack Leiter in in the losing effort
2: yeah, Lighter's a superstar. I, I I love everything about his game. And NC State, you got to give them some credit. They had a a kind of a lull in the early part of the season that that uh, hurt them from a seeding standpoint. But they go to Ruston and they dominate that regional. They go to Fayetteville and beat the team that was ranked number one all year in the in, in the uh, in the polls. And then they go to Omaha and they win their first two games. They've put themselves in a in a great spot. So got a lot credit to them. I mean, they. You know, you go back and go back a weekend and look at—they get beat like twenty-one to two or something yes. like that in game one of that first super regional. Yeah. If you've never been to a game in Fayetteville, um, you know that crowd, <clears throat> that crowd can be impactful, and they've—they've um, they've got their back against the wall two straight days in Fayetteville, when they win those games, and, and then get to Omaha and do what they've done. It—it it says a hell of a lot for the character of those kids.
1: So, to get you an update, there are now seven teams still alive. And as of late this afternoon, there'll be six. as Tennessee and Texas, battle of UT's. Um, getting underway at 2 p.m. Central, I believe on ESPNU. So, the loser is out. The winner uh, will then, um, I guess, go into loser's bracket and play Vanderbilt. Uh, well, and then you've got Virginia, Mississippi State, um, playing tonight. Um, and obviously, um winner's in really good shape, just like NC State. is. I believe NC State now is off to Friday, if I, I believe I'm right on that. Uh, but anyway, yeah. so that's how it works. We're down, we'll be down to six tonight, and uh, we'll see where uh, we'll see where things go. Obviously, with the, who wins tonight, and, uh, and NC State's in good shape, and the winner of tonight, Virginia Mississippi State, certainly would be the favorites because you're in a double elimination tournament with no losses. The winner will be tonight. So that's the update on that. Neil, we had um, some very complicated, but a very, very, uh, I, I, I'm not surprised where this has been heading, but the Supreme Court put the hammer down on the NCAA and the future of, okay, you, you can't, not pay these players, and as long it, it is tied to educational yes. uh, discipline, uh, there's you you can do a lot of things. This is there's a number of ways we can go with this, and folks, everyone will speculate with this name, image, and likeness. Things will change, okay? So this whole I don't like this. I don't like the playoff. I don't like uh, to that. It's changing, okay? So it's like it's changed before. It's changing now on field off the field it's changing I mean it doesn't we don't you don't have to like it um, but I can't tell you exactly how things are going to be I think there's a lot up in the air about how things are going to get done. what I see though that is pretty much a staple is the things that have been done behind the scenes and there's a whole lot that is done to compensate players to take care of players. Um, will now be done above board. And as we see the NCAA absolutely non-existent on enforcement at this point, Um, don't see there's going to be an even less likelihood that we're going to see, because you're given the license to do things above board, What I think we're going to have is I think we're going to have the elite programs with the elite boosters be able to funnel money legally to do things. And yeah, I'm curious to see what the quote unquote guardrails are going to be about what you can or can't do. I'm sure there'll be things that'll be, I heard recently because I had had this question, you know, if if a school's got a contract with Coca-Cola, then the the players will not be able to do a deal with Pepsi, for example, um, competing. You know, there, there'll be things that are legally written and whatnot. But going to be interesting to see where this goes. as uh, The the door's not kicked open. They just bulldoze the darn barn, and it's to the ground, and it's almost, look, you had time to fix this in the past. We're, it's going to be a new day in a new system, and I'm curious to see uh, where this develops into the future.
2: Yeah, so there's a lot here. And at the same time, there's not a lot here from what happened yesterday. Essentially, the Supreme Court in NCAA versus Alston upheld a circuit court ruling in favor of Austin. The Supreme Court had appealed that, that ruling. I mean, I'm sorry, the, the NCAA had appealed that ruling all the way to the Supreme Court. It was a 9 nothing decision. Um, there was... Trying to make sure I get this right, and I'm, I'm 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 making sure that I have a couple of references up in front of me. So I'm I'm being I'm reading at this point from the New York Times, and I've read New York Times, I've read the Athletic, I've read a lot of things. I'm trying to get as as wide a, a canvas as I can of 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 thoughts about what the what the Supreme Court did and did not do yesterday. So the the, the New York Times writes yesterday's Supreme Court decision doesn't necessi- doesn't immediately change much. The justices said that schools could offer additional educated related perks, things like scholarships for graduate school, internships, or computer equipment. It, um, the New York Times says, to a certain extent, the Supreme Court ruling is a bit of a sideshow. The real change that's going to affect most athletes playing now is coming a week from Thursday. That's when at least six states, Alabama, Florida, Georgia, Mississippi, New Mexico, and Texas. Will enact laws that have already been passed. The laws go into effect July 1. Will enact laws allowing college athletes to profit from their names, images, and likenesses. A player could, for example, sign an endorsement deal, sell autographs, or host a training camp. I'll give you an example, Chris, we've talked about. I've had this conversation with some people here in the last few days. There's nothing stopping, you know, in, in the NFL, for example, a lot of times a quarterback we'll have a deal with a local radio station. You know, Tom Brady, for example, would go, when he was in New England, would go on WEEI, I I believe, with the call letters Mm -hmm. every Monday. Mm -hmm. Win, lose, or draw. Tom Brady would do a radio spot. $2,500, by
1: the way.
2: Yeah, he would do a radio spot uh, each week with WEEI.
1: $2,500, I should say.
2: And, uh, and they would, yeah, and he would get paid. So here's the question: um, Tell me, LSU starting quarterback. Just give me the first name that comes to mind. Who's their starting quarterback?
1: Max Johnson.
2: All right. So Max Johnson. What's stopping Max Johnson now from cutting a deal with WWL or um, um, Matt Moscona show there in Baton Rouge? What's preventing him from cutting a deal that says, "Hey, I'll for you know, I don't know, $500 a week. I'll come on that show every Monday afternoon or every Monday morning. We can tape it or whatever the case may be, whatever you work that out. I'll come on that show for 30 minutes and I'll take calls or, or whatnot. And, um, you know, let's, let's just use Moscona, for example. Moscona goes deal done and Moscona goes and sells that to, I don't know, Renaissance Bank. And or whatever big bank there is down in Baton Rouge. And that bank, hey, our visit with Max Johnson is brought to you by Baton Rouge Bank. Baton Rouge Bank where, you know, we take care of you. And then that's that's how that deal is going to get done. Well, in the past, that would be unthought of. You could never do something like that. Well, now you can. I, I don't think anything stops that. Where I do believe some people are going to be disappointed, at least initially, is the NCAA I mean, I'm sorry, the Supreme Court did not say yesterday that players should be salaried. In fact, they they specifically did not say that. Again, I'm reading from the New York Times. The decision doesn't, doesn't mean that college football players can suddenly receive big salaries. It's a milestone for those trying to change the model of college sports in the U.S., and it could open the door for broader challenges. This was a very narrow ruling on a very narrow uh piece of legislation if you will uh on a, on a on a judicial ruling it was essentially just holding it up so it's pretty
1: it's they've a- got nine other they've got about nine other rulings that <laughs> still need to come down on i'm curious to see how that plays out it's narrow and focused but but still will be telling now, i think the you know, the the things in all of this is hitting everybody at once. So people that are just following it but not studying it, it, it it does seem a little bit bigger than it is, but it's still significant. It still kinda opens that door to where maybe some people don't want it to go or some people like the way it's going. The name image and likeness is, you know, upon us. The twelfth team playoff or you know so everybody is now being hit with you know, like a bucket of ice water to, wow, this is going to be different than it used to be. Good or bad, it's going to be different. I do think the name, image, and likeness stuff is going to be the most um, impactful thing and I think it will go over time, not initially. It'll go a lot different than people think. People have said, and listen, correctly, to your point, the market's going to determine whether they can do that. Whether you know somebody's willing to spend money for a radio spot, or a, you know, a, you know, well, business may be willing to do that o- on some athletes. I think that's true. Where I think the 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 behind the curtain thing that I've said before, and I'll say it again, is everybody, big time programs have their what we call. Um, we call them call them always call them jobbers meaning people that have a business that can employ players for not doing a whole lot but get paid money those type of people and and what do they get for that they get special access to a club they can come to practices and kind of visit with the hobnob with the coaches and you know um, have access to be able to buy suites and tickets that you know, that are that are a little bit better than what you would get if you're not part of that, and those people that have the money and have the corporate money to do that and can write it off whatever they do and whatever the tax laws say you can do. Those things are going to be elevated more because now it's going to be a lot easier to funnel the money to a lot of players, and I believe that it'll be orchestrated by the school without any quote-unquote ties to it, to where I think you're going to see a lot more players. Yeah, people say, oh, the linemen are not going to get anything. I I believe in the big-time programs, the linemen will get money that will be funneled to them by a certain place. Because the schools will help them do some of that on their own if they want to, and if they don't want to, there's going to be these – what I would call jobbers on steroids that's going to funnel money. Now, are the, the the Heisman Trophy candidate quarterback going to get more, of course? But I think you're going to see a big-time programs. A lot of people get it. All, every program, absolutely not, because not every program has the jobber program as good as the elite program. So the whole rich will get richer. The rich will be able to do things that they heretofore have not been allowed to do, but have had to work around the rules. Now they don't have to work around it. It can be up in front and they can, this, you know, ABC business can can take care of all the linemen.
2: Here's what's interesting is what, what the ruling didn't do. We've talked about it, but if you read the opinions of the justices, Neil Gorsuch writes, Supreme court justice, Neil Gorsuch, for those of you who don't know who that is, which is probably some people, some people, are blissfully unaware of, of, of who all is on the Supreme Court. He writes, uh, While the NCAA asked us to defer to its conception of amateurism, the district court found that the NCAA has not adopted any consistent definition. Instead, the court found the NCAA's rules and restrictions on compensation have shifted markedly over time. Brett Kavanaugh wrote, Uh, The Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh wrote, although the court does not weigh in on the ultimate legality of the NCAA's remaining compensation rules, the court's decision establishes how any such rules should be analyzed going forward. After today's decision, the NCAA's remaining compensation rules should receive ordinary rule of reason scrutiny under the antitrust laws. So, Both Kavanaugh and Gorsuch in a 9-0 ruling are essentially telling the NCAA your model of amateurism that that you've held up to will not hold up in future court cases. Your model of amateurism is essentially dead, and you need to adapt today. That is essentially what they're told. Now, the NCAA, because this is what the NCAA does, They've already pushed back They're like, oh, Kavanaugh speaking for himself. Literally Jeffrey Mishkin, uh, one of the attorneys for the NCAA says, you know, the notable thing is that eight other justices did not agree with that and wouldn't sign on to it, referring to what uh, Kavanaugh said. So I don't think you can make very much of that concurrence. It's his own view and he's writing for himself. So I think that's just not at all central to what's been decided today. It's. They're going to keep fighting this, Chris, which makes people wonder at what point, And this has always been the big question. At what point do some of these schools, Power Five schools that have the revenues to do some of the things that people talk about doing? At what point do some of those schools pull away and go, you know what, we're going to form our own business here?
1: Yeah, Nola Jack just asked that question. And amazing how you were answering it. While he was properly typing
2: it, yeah, I think that is. Uh, I it, think uh, now it, uh, great, I, minds,
1: great minds, great uh, minds. Yeah,
2: you because know, I'm I'm making sure that I'm reading. I've got uh, if you could see my screen, I've got multiple rulings up because I think some of the things that the that the Supreme Court justices said in their rulings, uh, in their opinions, if you're the NCAA, you're reading this, and the the, the writing is on the wall. This is nine to nothing, Chris. This isn't a ruling that goes by, hey, these five Republican judges and these four Democrat judges or vice versa. No, no, this is nine zip.
1: Yeah. No, this no, is right, this right is, and or in agreement with this. This is which,
2: from the most conservative justice all the way down to the most liberal justice and every justice in between. The NCAA, I don't, I don't know, and you, there's nowhere to go from here. I mean, there's no intergalactic court to go to. This is it. This is the Supreme Court. And, and so the, the writing's on the wall now for the NCAA. No doubt. And yet the NCAA's response is essentially, uh, yeah, well, that's not what we're going to do. They're going to hang on to this. this, and I, and I don't know when people say, well, when's that going to happen? I, I, look, I don't know. Is its is it two years? Is it four years? Is it next week? Is it 10 years? I don't know. But to me, it feels like the – Unless the NCAA can change the way that it thinks and operates, and I'm not sure that it can, some sort of significant seismic shift is inevitable.
1: Yeah, and, and you know, listen, I, I don't want to take up for Mark Emmert because I have a relationship with him because I I think I'm, I'm on a lot of things. I'm as critical as every, anybody else on him. You know, people say Mark Emmert, bad leadership. He just got a contract extension for a reason. He is doing what... He doesn't make the decisions. The committees, which are the university presidents on the different committees, the university presidents, he speaks for them. So when he says that, he's speaking for them. So that's important because, Neil, the, the president of Michigan State is not making comments. So people think, well, just get rid of Mark Emmert, and we're, they're not. They don't want to get rid of Mark Emmert because they don't want somebody that's going to think differently. So you're saying, when are they going to start to think different? Well, when the whole group of them start to think different, because this is not about one guy. And one guy kind of speaks. It's like like a commissioner. He doesn't run it. I mean, he organizes it. And he answers to people, and he answers to. It. So look, when when we got away. And and, and i kind of warned on this. I didn't know when this was going to happen. But once it became about the money, making big money, and coaches start to make big money, and today that mirrors up with today's society of, you know, well, what about us? Why don't we get some of the money? Why can't we do that? This I'll, That marries up with society, and, and this is a microcosm of society, where this is where things are. And when they began to open up and make big time money and we're going to extend and play more games. There's going to be more playoffs and we're going to do all that. And oh, by the way, we're going to keep all the money. and That just doesn't resonate with a lot of people that are involved in the process. And it can go, I don't think you can go on any campus anywhere and, and put a microphone or speak privately to any athlete that says, no, I don't think we should be paid." I mean, they all think that.
2: But here's what's interesting, Chris. Here's what's interesting. I'm covering a school right now that is probably months away from announcing a giant capital campaign thing. They, mm-hmm. you know, you, you you look on social media when these kids take visits to Tuscaloosa or Athens or whatever. They put out these video. They put on the uniform, you know, and they got these these videos, all the graphics and stuff. It's cool. It's kids. I, I'm, I'm, and before anyone thinks I'm criticizing kids, I'm not. Not at all. If you've learned anything about me during the pandemic, it's I'm pro-kid. Um, but these schools are now, like for Ole Miss, for example, and I'm just going to throw rough numbers out because I don't know the actual numbers, okay? But to fix up the Manning Center where it's got all the bells and whistles and all the stuff that Alabama's got and Clemson's got and Oklahoma's got and whatever, let's call it $45 million, okay? Uh-huh. That's probably about right. Well, they also want to take the west side of Vault Hemingway Stadium and completely redo it, modernize it, make it look, um, you know, more modern, which is the same as I just said with modernizing. So forgive my uh, redundancy. Let's call that $200 million just for kicks and giggles. Okay. At some point, we have a, a post game show that we do called Hand Raise Guys. I always talk about the guy in the boardroom who raises his hand and goes, yeah, but I'm just thinking out loud. If I'm hand-raised guy at, at Ole Miss or any institution like Ole Miss today, any Power Five institution, I'm asking a question. Hey, should we be putting this money into all these capital projects when in reality we might be having to compensate athletes? Are we are we taking the money that we should be better off used to, to get the athletes? To pay the athletes? Are we taking that money and spending it on on toys and bells and whistles that we don't really need? Is it really necessary to have an, a weight room that is 10 times better than an NFL weight room?
1: And, is, and let, let me interrupt there because people are, let me interrupt for say, interject here because people are going to say, oh, no, no, Neil, no, the, the schools are not going to have to pay. What Neil's talking about is if you're going to raise money and you're going to go to people for outside money to do stuff. Yes. What are you going to ask them to do? You're going to ask them to get more facilities or to say, why don't you spend some money into a program like I'm talking about where you're going to help pay players? Yes. Through, you know, and, exactly. and so at some point, you know, to my point, and I'll let you continue, is some people are going to be in a better position to do that. Alabama will be able to do both. Ole Miss may have to decide where they need to go.
2: Well, even Alabama, right? I mean, even 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 there. I mean, who knows? I mean, it's easy to say that, but who knows when? And I, I agree with you on the surface, by the way. So I'm not I'm not debating for the sake of debating. But when, as you said that, I thought, well, maybe. Who knows where exactly it goes? And then this is where it gets interesting. And this is where I've, I've talked to people in college athletics administration, multiple schools, not just Ole Miss, who are. They're saying, hey, you know what? I get it. This is this is the new, this is the new landscape, and we have to adapt. But you're going to be surprised at who gets left behind. Mm-hmm. There's a, you know, there's this sense that, oh yeah, oh, this is going to be great for everyone. This might mean, I'm telling what it might mean, Chris. It might mean at a lot of school. Let's take Alabama, for example. Okay. Alabama doesn't pour a lot of money into baseball. Alabama might say, you know what? It makes no sense for us to pour any money into baseball. It makes no sense for us to pour a cent into gymnastics. A school like Auburn might go, you know, we've invested a lot of money over the years in swimming and diving. It's not worth it. And it just, so those, those student athletes, they they still get their scholarships and stuff, but they don't have now some of the bells and whistles and, and uh, some of the some of the tools that they had in, in a previous time, because all of the resources are put into the revenue generating sports, because now you have to generate more revenue because a lot of your revenue that you used to take and put it back into these other programs. Right. You take you take the, the one hundred million dollars that you made in football. And I'm just making numbers up, Chris. I'm, I don't, I'm just throwing out general numbers you take the 100 million dollars that you made in football which had an operating budget of 29 million you take that other 71 million and you would disperse it well now you're not dispersing all of that because right. a, lot, a lot more of your expenses are up and so as you increase revenues you're having to keep those revenues i i think this is going and and again i'm all for name image likeness rights completely i'm all for uh, the 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 labor getting paid what the labor should get paid. But let's not pretend that this is going to be this utopian system. And I think there are a lot of people out there, especially people in higher education who frankly don't understand money, who are going to be really surprised when this does not do across the board, what they thought it would do across the board. And they're going to scream bloody murder. But when you, when you take an, a, a, an amateurism model and you scrap it in favor of a capitalistic model when you're not making the money you're not reaping the rewards the, the 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 parts that make the money are going to get that's who's going to get the attention
1: it's going to depend upon the focus of the university for example you know people think of alabama most successful football program football's the most popular sport they must make the most money right no let me tell you, the athletic departments that make the most money in the recent totals. Well, let me give you the ones that make more money than Alabama. Georgia, Texas, Michigan, Texas A&M, Ohio State, Penn State make more money. Now, in the case of like Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State, they've got more sports as they support. They've got, they've got more sports on campus. What does this mean for Title Nine? I'm assuming that is going to still be in effect. So yep. to your point, well, they they may not. Probably why softball is better than baseball at Alabama is because they've got to spend by law. You know, scholarship wise, and, and you know that they they don't they're not having to spend that much on facilities. But the men's sports that don't make money could be in worse shape because. That's where the biggest discrepancy is in getting the scholarship matchups. So the point I'm trying to make, or a point that you're maybe making, is so there are programs that make more money than Alabama, but Alabama probably puts more money into football because they choose to and maybe don't spend as much on other things. Michigan certainly doesn't spend as much on it, and they do. Texas, Texas A&M, a lot of people operate differently. Georgia operates a lot closest to how Alabama operates in terms of spending. But I guess the point is, is, yeah, where do you spend the money? How do you allocate it? Um, And I do think it will be tied to the outside money, as it always is, is the booster money, the alumni money. I mean, look, the the largest endowment college university in this country is Harvard. Not if it goes to athletics, but, I mean, it's the largest in well. Look at who graduates in there and you know so it is about how you spend the money and how you do it and it is going to be very interesting and it's going to be um where the focus is going to be on what you want to spend and what's important to you and then who's really making those decisions An athletic director we just talked about it you know um with, with some baseball searches I, I can make the case that who cares who's the baseball coach You know, I mean, you could make the case that this was a business, a pure business. You'd say, okay, here's your budget. You have to build the program. And you you, you will make whatever you make, that's your budget. So if you're college basketball, a women's basketball or baseball coach, Hey, look! If you don't build a program that's successful, you might make 125 grand a year. <laughs> so what? I mean, do, is it re- uh, okay? No, no, no. Winning, going to the college is great. Okay, great. Then you got to spend and overspend because you know women's basketball. You're going to spend 2.5, 2.6, almost close to three million dollars for a women's basketball coach. You're not going to make that money on women's basketball. Well, okay. so if if you can make that, great. Football's is the only one to where they they make the money, and I think college basketball can do it as well. So it's a it's a backwards business model that's always been that way because of well Title IX and kind of how it operates. So where is I would think that there'll be some very cute looking gym gymnasts, and you know that if they look good, I'm sure they're going to get some sponsorships. So great for them. You know, just on their looks and what have you. But I think most of the most of the funding people want to fund for the programs that they follow, the big time boosters. So I think you follow the money, but also follow the emphasis at the schools, because not every emphasis is on the same thing. And that takes you to where, you know, what you're gonna pay assistance, how are you gonna do this? And now recruiting budgets where you can go and private planes and all that now what you're going to have is a lot of emphasis on, you know, you come here, you're going to be able to make this amount of money in name, image, and likeness. Uh, historically, here's what I've our uh, guys have gotten when they get to that point. And so now it's going to be people will say, oh, well, wait a minute. Wisconsin can go out, and now they can, they can offer a player twice as the amount of money that Ohio State can't. Because if they're willing to do it, and they can get a player. They might get one or two players to do that. Or do they have the money, in, or do they have the emphasis to do that? Well, maybe they'll change. Maybe they will. Probably won't. Because the emphasis at certain places are that way because of their history, their model, their booster faction. So what this is going to do is create more of the same, I think. Maybe you'll have a few outliers. Maybe you'll have an Oregon that's now a different type of player in athletics than it used to be before Phil Knight started to dump money in it. It's, it's different. They're in a different world. It's a whole lot different. Uh, how many of those are willing to do that? Don't, don't know. Don't know. It'll be interesting to see, and we're going to find out.
2: Yeah, we are. It's going to be a, a completely changing landscape. It'll be fascinating to follow. I want to also tell you we're brought to you by Blue Sky. Blue Sky believes in being fast, fresh, and friendly through the thoughtful layout and cleanliness of their stores. Blue Sky hopes to provide customers with a fast and easy buying experience from services to products. Blue Sky plans to keep things fresh and always provide the freshest flavors of their brand name products and the best services available. They even bring in some of the newest products on the market to their stores to provide an even better customer experience. A smile can say it all, and at Blue Sky, they want to show their customers that they care about them. And their shopping experience, they'll always strive to improve their efforts to accomplish exactly that. So check out Blue Sky today at any one of their 48 store locations across the southeast. And we're brought to you by Alpha Specialties, located at 1670 Highway 80 in Pearl, Mississippi. It's your trailer-specific professional. If you want to haul it, they can call it at Alpha. They're the premium trailer dealership in Mississippi. They've got load trail the premium brand trailer the highest quality utility equipment dump and gooseneck trailer being built today fully primed and powder coated low trail trailers come with an industry leading three-year warranty and two years of roadside assistance alpha specialties also has hallmark cargo trailers one of the most quality cargo trailers on the market perfect for hauling goods to markets and shows atvs to deer camp hauling race cars and more they can even work with third parties to have game day trailers and concession trailers built just for you and for podcast listeners Alpha has spare tires and wheels starting at just $100. A full selection of trailer parts and accessories, hitches, winches, straps, and more. They also do all types of truck accessories. Listeners can get 10% off a yearly trailer service and inspection at Alpha's full service shop where they can repair all types of trailers, concession, horse, utility, enclosed gooseneck, RV, and more. So give them a call, 601-932-9798, or check them out at Alpha of MS. Dot com
1: we, um, one thing I want to get to before uh, we finish up with a reminder uh, the previews, the detailed previews over at LandryFootball.com. we're just cranking them out there school by school. We're going to work our way through the country starting with the SEC first so encourage you to check all of that out as well as our news and notes and our notebooks every day got a lot of information analysis on a lot of these uh, camps that are going on recruiting camps so lots of recruiting information in our weekend notebook yesterday's notebook NFL the latest information find out what's going on and uh, the latest um, uh, you know camps and rookies are standing out, what have you we've got a lot of that a lot of minutia that we don't have enough time to get to here in this show but you can check it all out at LandryFootball.com make sure you check out you know Rebel Grove for all the latest there Um, I did want to talk about one other thing before we went today. I was talking with um, a couple of Pac-12 folks. Well, one of them told me, and I talked with another um, about this. They are considering, and and it's not like an official thing. It's behind the scenes, so I don't know if it will ever come to light. We'll see. They're considering in the Pac-12 dropping the division format and just having the guess you call it the Big 12 model where you have the top two teams play for the conference championship. Um, and it's, I understand the um, theory behind it. It'll be interested to see going forward. If you're in a conference where you clearly got the balance and you kind of know who the top teams are, it's one thing. Um, in the Pac-12, i and I think other conferences, they're a little bit concerned as we go to the 12-team format in a couple of years, which we ought to know a little bit more about that on some of the details uh, probably by the end of this week. They're, they're a little bit fearful of a couple of things. One, if you're, you've you got a team in the north, for example, that's really good. It's got an 11-1 record and you're playing a three-loss team in the south, or vice versa in, in the Pac-12. Then, You've got a situation where the overall prospects of paying a weaker team in the Pac-12 championship game might hurt your seeding. You may get seated, but you may not get seated as high if you don't beat as good of a team. The other thing it does is if you've got a really good second-place team in a division, they would benefit more from an at-large standpoint being in the conference championship game but they can't make it because the best team in the conference is in their division and the second team in the division is better than the team in the other division so there's some thoughts into that um you know we went through the mega conferences bigger and bigger and bigger to where we got it in divisions and the Pac-12 plays one more conference game Uh, so they kind of beat up on each other a little bit more and don't have a leak him but it's interesting because there is some thought not necessarily SEC thought but some in other conferences about maybe how that should be done um, and I think that is just more byproductal is cyclical if the if USC was really really good and Oregon's really really good it's less of a discussion but right now the South has been weak so it's interesting to think um, how things are or People are thinking through this a little bit more as to what's the best way. Yeah, you win your conference and you impact wherever you're going to get in, but what's the way to maybe maximize the best at-large possibility or, and what's the best way to improve our seating? Because as a conference champion, it's better that we beat another really good team with a comparable record as opposed to a team with a three or four loss record. Yeah, I don't
2: know. I You know, in the SEC, I I like the division format, but I'm not married to it. If you dropped it, I'd be like, "That's cool, I don't care." I mean, I I I don't, and I don't know that as we go to an expanded playoff, it truly matters. You know what I mean? I mean, when when you get to a when you get to a 12 team playoff in football, for example, when that happens, in some ways, being the 11 and one second place team that in a division that doesn't have to go play that championship game is almost a benefit.
1: It depends. It'll depends on who what other options are out there. Yeah. It might it might hurt a Pac-12, but yeah, yeah. you don't know. It's uh, it's it's one of the things I think they're working through and looking through, and it's something that I think a lot of conferences will look at. Um, to the point that Nola Jack was bringing out, I don't know where um, there there is there's a theory that well, well, maybe the Power Five will break off, but can you get the Power Five to agree? Would it benefit all five? It's just kind of like this playoffs. It really benefited, to some degree, everybody, including Notre Dame, by the way. People think Notre Dame got screwed. Notre Dame quietly kind of thinks that they they got a good deal out of this.
2: Well, uh, we're, we're up against the break here to, 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 to leave, but I'll tell you the other thing about the Power Five breaking away that would be really interesting is the Power Five. Those schools have to, every year, look at the NCAA basketball tournament. The money that is created from that tournament and go, hey, wait a minute. Why are we sharing this 300 ways?
1: Yeah, no, it's it's absolutely right. No, it is it <laughs> we, is one of those things. Just have that-
2: a, an annual Power Five tournament and, and and do that. Everybody would watch that too because all let's face it, people go, Well, what I love about the tournament is I get to watch Creighton upset. No, what you love about the tournament is that you have a bracket. You'd still have a bracket, you just would have bigger names all over the bracket.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's, um, I don't know, though, that right now that the SEC is not, for example, in a more powerful position. So I don't know that there's like anything in the mix to breaking it off. But look, I think there's so much unknown about what's going to happen. And I think obviously when you're in a strength, power in a position of strength, I think it's important. But everybody's looking at their own situation. So that's why the, sure. the Pac-12 looking then, all right, what's best for them? What's best to maximize? Because maximize? they've got to kind of grow their sport. They've got to get the financial infrastructure in there to get better, getting more teams in. Um, and, uh, I, I, you know, I kind of disagree. I, I think because the conference right now is considered weak, I think that they, they don't want to have a team that is, you know, fighting for an at-large spot as an 11-1 team because I think they feel they may get knocked out or lose out on that. That's the where their feeling is because of the reputation of the league. That's not always the case, and it maybe won't be the case in the future, but it is right now. So I think everybody's kind of looking at their situation, and it's why the 12-team 12, 12 playoff came about because everybody gets something out of it. Not everybody's completely happy, but that's the way it is in any negotiation. Um Uh, You know, everybody feels like it's a little bit better for them, um, even though there's some drawbacks to it. Let's Uh, finish
2: on a a happy note here. I I think we need to finish on a happy note on a day when there's a lot going on. Here's three happy notes for you. Mm -hmm. Uh, Ole Miss basketball just put out a tweet, 100% capacity for uh, basketball season coming up starting in November. Arkansas Football just put out a tweet, 100% capacity at Reynolds Razorback Stadium. You can insert your joke here about how they never get to 100%, but they'll be 100% when Texas is there. And uh, then they save the best for last at Miller Park in uh, Milwaukee or whatever they call the park now where the Brewers play. The sausage races are back on, baby. <laughs> the sausages race. They're, they're going to race again starting June 25th. They'll start down that left field line and circle back, finish the, uh, finish the, cross the path, cross the finish line in front of the Brewers dugout. We're back, baby. Brought that, that, that,
1: that brought, that brought with red sauce yes. is good really up. good. We're back. It's really good. I got, I got some gas just thinking about it. It is really good, though. It is, that is something that's, uh, that's really good. That and the, uh, the fish tacos and uh, out west. I don't know pretty good
2: there you go all
1: right great that's good news there and i have kind of lost track of that i'm just assuming that everybody's going to be opening it up i'm curious to see, i haven't followed that i'm curious to see what happens out west didn't usc say there's a hundred percent capacity yeah. am i, am I yeah. that okay so yeah i would i would think that they would all kind of follow through on that let's hope so anyway hey folks we appreciate everybody joining us crying and addison and nola jack and georgia rebel and ben and i'm I'm forgetting you sammy at the early part really appreciate it spread the word about what we're doing here yeah we are rocking and rolling two times a week there is no off season for us a lot of stuff still a lot of football on the field to discuss kind of the things that i thought we'd be discussing now it's kind of been usurped by the by the news off the field that's affecting the on the field so but we always here to take your questions your thoughts we'd like to integrate you into the conversation so We'll be back again on Friday for another edition of SEC Football and Beyond. Neil, have a great day, have a great week, and any parting thoughts?
2: Nope. I'm good. Everybody have a great week. Talk to you on Friday.
1: Take care, everybody. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast.